You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday, an exciting day, a lot going on. It is the NBA's Draft Lottery tonight, 7.30 Central, and the Pelicans have a chance Not much of a chance, mind you, but you know what? They didn't have exactly much of a chance last year either, and we knew how that ended up going. So I'm going to go live during this. It'll be on my YouTube page. I've got the link in the description of today's uh, episode. I've got it pinned to my Twitter account, at Nola Jake, so you can see it first thing if you need the link to that. We'll go live. I'll answer your questions for about half an hour or so as we kind of go through everything with that. Then I'm going to be switching over. We're doing a, we call it Locked On Live when we go live on YouTube, Twitch, and all of the official Locked On channels, and I'll be hosting a post-lottery reaction show with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics, my Wednesday co-host on the Locked On NBA podcast. So make sure you tune into that to talk about everything. We're going to have some guests on there too. It should be a lot of fun, or just come say hi. We'll chill out for a little bit, break down the lottery, what happened, because it's an interesting situation. Tonight actually is pretty important for a number of things around the league, and we're going to lead off today's show talking about it. Why is there kind of a weirder importance on this lottery maybe than in other years? And it actually hinges around one team. So I'm going to give you my thoughts on kind of the situation and the draft a little bit too. Then we're going to look at the Pelican situation. If they don't move up, what are they looking for exactly? What are some of like their offseason priorities, I think, regardless of whether they have a coach in place or not right now? I think some of it is very clear. We'll talk about that. Then we'll wrap up the show talking about the Pelicans, potentially at 13. We're going to just assume they don't move up here, which is probably the smart thing to do. And I'm going to mention a few of the guys that I like that are going to be in that range. And we're going to spend... A lot of time building up to the draft, once we know what the Pelicans pick is, breaking down some prospects, I'll start reviewing some more film and some of these guys as well. So let's dive into it all in this lottery and draft focused edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, it is lottery night here in the Crescent City, and the Pelicans are going to be virtually represented by general manager Trajan Langdon. They have a chance to move up, not a great one. They're slotted 13th, kind of tied for 12th, really, with Sacramento, but 13th. They're going to have a 1.2% chance at the number one overall pick, a 5.7% chance at the top four. And you can move up into the top four now, and the odds are leveled a little bit to discourage some of the tanking that we've seen. So they have a chance. It's not great. Their odds last year weren't great either. They were greater than they are this year, but they're not particularly great. They had a 7.5% chance last season. Now it's less than that, but there's a reason you still kind of got to go through all of this. And David Griffin has a penchant for getting the number one overall pick. Had it three times during his tenure over with the Cleveland Cavaliers one time here. He's kind of good at this sort of thing. The Pelicans did lose the tiebreaker to the Sacramento Kings, but you know what? They lost the tiebreaker last year. So maybe this is a good thing for New Orleans. I'm not going to really think they're going to move up, but I'll hopefully be pleasantly surprised. Maybe you'll hear me swear live on YouTube uh, today, tonight, and I'm excited for it. So this is an interesting day because this is 
a, a bit of a different draft lottery than we've seen just because of how things have kind of shaken out this year. Yes, some of the usual suspects are up at the top. Cleveland, Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, New York, Chicago, Charlotte. But the team with the worst record in the NBA is actually the Golden State Warriors. And so when looking at the draft and trying to sort of project and predict how things may go, it all starts with the Warriors. This is also, there, there's no num- clear number one overall pick. There's maybe four guys you think that could go number one overall that are kind of in that running. Maybe three, depending on how you like certain guys. But this isn't like last year when it was Zion. You've got LaMelo Ball, Obi Toppin, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman. All of them you could make a case for going number one overall. And the team selecting, like it might change a little bit. In some regards, you could probably say picking two, three, or four is actually better than the number one overall pick if you think all of those guys are rated equal on your board, let's say. Because there's less pressure that comes with being the number one overall pick. And frankly, they also cost a little bit less too in terms of the rookie salary. So maybe picking a little bit later and not getting the number one overall pick is a little bit better in a draft like this where there's just no clear number one choice like Zion, like an Anthony Davis, or even other years where there's still a guy who's kind of tier one and then everyone else is tier two. The Warriors though is interesting because... This is a team that seemingly could luck into a very, very good player and a very good pick, but they don't need it. If you're the Warriors and you're looking at this, drafting a guy number one overall is actually just not what you should do at all. They should be actively shopping this pick uh, as much as they can. And that might change the way the lottery works once we get this all set. And it's going to change the draft significantly, I think. If you're the Warriors, by the way, you've got Klay Thompson, who will be healthy next year. Steph Curry, who's going to be healthy next year. Draymond Green still. You have Andrew Wiggins that you're taking a bit of a flyer on. What good with a win-now roster like that does developing a guy over two, three, four years do for you, right? Most rookies don't uh, um, contribute. There we go. That's the word I'm thinking of right away. I've said this a lot. It takes like guys three years, usually minimum, to start contributing to an NBA team's win total, unless you're an Anthony Davis, unless you're a Zion Williamson and that much of a generational talent. But there isn't a guy like that in this draft. So it should mean that they trade. And that means things get kind of silly in the draft order. And so because of that, we're watching. If the Warriors land the number one overall pick, it just makes the West even more freaking annoying next season because they're going to trade that And they're going to bring in a very good established guy for a team that's just looking to maybe sell off some assets and then, or an established player and bring some young ones. And the Warriors are going to be in prime position to make an offer and a trade for that. Think about like what happened with LeBron James going back to the Cleveland Cavaliers with David Griffin. And then they immediately spun the number one overall pick for Kevin Love. That's what the Warriors should be looking to do. And that influences the rest of the draft and the rest of the teams around the league. So I'm watching tonight because, frankly, I want the Warriors to end up at, what, four is as far as they could drop? Five is as far as they could drop? I don't want them to be getting the best player available. There will be a difference between one and five, certainly, if that's the case. So I'm hopeful that we see some chaos here in the draft order in the lottery and that the Golden State Warriors don't end up with the number one overall pick because that's just going to make them more of a title contender next year. And they're already going to be a title contender with those three guys back plus Andrew Wiggins and whatever you get out of him. So this is a really intriguing night for the Western Conference because of those reasons. And that impacts the Pelicans. The West is going to be competitive next year, right? The Suns looked good. Memphis isn't exactly going anywhere. Sacramento, who knows what to make of them just yet. 
The Spurs hung around. New Orleans is in there. And those are basically all the teams that didn't make the playoffs, that were at the bubble and in competition for it. Let's not add another team to the mix or make them even better than that, right? Because that's just one fewer spot that you are looking for to make the playoffs. And we're all probably going to put playoff expectations on the Pelicans next season. So tonight, indirectly, is pretty important for New Orleans. So coming up, we'll talk about some of the things the Pelicans are looking for in the draft, also in free agency too, because it's going to apply to that in the next segment. Then we'll wrap up looking at some specific prospects here, at least listing some of them. But before we get to that, make sure you're starting your morning off with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. The Axios Today podcast hosted by Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Check out the Axios Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. It's the summer. It's hot. You need your car. Make sure your car is running. Make sure to maintain your car during this time because if it breaks, you're stuck and you're out of luck and you're going to be sweating and that is never a good thing. And if you plan on doing this yourself, check out rockauto.com. Don't go into a chain store and wait for the counterman to order a part that he's just got on his computer choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry. Plus, they're going to charge you more for this, by the way, because they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. You're not a professional mechanic. Save a little bit of money. You've got access to a computer at home. So go to rockauto.com, a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake pads, tail lamps, motor oil. You can even get new carpeting for your car and kind of refresh and make it look brand new. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices. Yes, prices that you prefer because that's the best part of rockauto.com. Always reliably low priced and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. The only Pelicans podcast coming to you guys Monday through Friday, breaking down the biggest topics around the team. We're going to know where the Pelicans are in the draft lottery after tonight, which means we can really dive into the draft, start looking at prospects. What do the Pelicans do? Should they also trade their pick? Potentially going to be on the table as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Okay, so with the lottery tonight, we're going to have an idea of where the Pelicans are going to be slotted in the draft. But there's some very clear needs on this team that they're going to look to address in the draft and free agency. And this question comes from, I'm, I'm using a version of this. I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction, but it's inspired by Casey Rogers here on Twitter. You can follow him. It's at Casadillas, I'm assuming, at C-A-S-E-D-I-L-L-A-S and then an underscore. That's a pretty good Twitter handle. I like that. So Casey, thank you for the question. He goes, what's the right mix of rooks and vets? And do they have too many rooks? And should the team think about getting a locker room guy with their pick? So a couple of things here. 
you know, there's no right or wrong answer to the number of rooks versus the number of vets. I think the vets are important for helping a team grow. And you've learned that like you just, some of these rookie guys aren't going to pan out. Some of these young guys aren't going to pan out. In fact, the majority of them might not. So you need those veteran guys to rely on because you can't rely fully on a team of like growth potential. That's not an actual NBA player. It is just potential. I don't know if there's the right, you know, right or wrong mix of things. Certainly, I think the Pelicans need to add some veteran guys who can maybe also do some of the role that J.J. Redick was asked to fill, that Derek Favors were asked to fill, to kind of bring these guys along, show them how to be pros, show them how to train in the offseason, all of that stuff. Drew Holiday does this too. But they also need to maybe add a veteran guy who's got some like a, a bit of a nasty streak to him. Like that give a damn quality that just never lets up. Like an Avery Bradley, uh, even like Rajon Rondo, even though I don't think he quite has that to the degree that people think, seems to make like a little bit of sense for the team, right? Like someone who's not going to back down won't back down. And just show some fight when things aren't going well and use that energy to try and get the team back into the game. J.J. Redick does it with his play on the court, but maybe you need kind of more of a mean streak kind of guy, I think. And they'll look for that. I don't know if you can necessarily get that quality in a draft. And maybe that's something that only a veteran is going to have. I can't really think of like rookies other than like a dude who sucks like Grayson Allen, who's just an asshole who kind of has that coming in to the NBA as a rookie. So I think part of that is something they'll look to address in the offseason during free agency, less so in the draft. I think that kind of then goes to what the question was like, what about a locker room guy with the with the draft pick? You don't know how these guys are going to be in the locker room, right? They're rookies. They've never been in an NBA locker room. By all accounts, if you're getting drafted, you're not a horrible person. Bad people, bad locker room presence guys go on draft. Kendrick Nunn, who's been pretty good for the Miami Heat, even though he's not really playing in the playoffs right now, fell in the draft because of things like that, right? Like Devontae Graham is also a bit of an example of that, I think, too. So getting some of those guys are just guys you kind of want to avoid and you're not going to take in the top 20 of the NBA draft, unless they're just such a great talent. If you're, if your most redeeming quality is you're a locker room guy, you're also not going to go in the top 20 because in the top 20 and say the Pelicans are picking 13th overall here, you're, you're not going to pick the worst player. This is one of those things. And Shemit Dua recently wrote about this, that you basically should always, particularly at the top of the draft, it, it gets a little bit less as you get into the second round and later, I think, but for the most part, you always draft best player available or should draft best player available versus drafting for a specific need. Sometimes you have guys that are equal on your board and like, yeah, if there's a really knockdown three point shooter, you go for him versus maybe a more well-rounded guy and an overall better player potentially. But it also determines where you want to draft. You wouldn't do that in the top five, let's say where the Pelicans are. Maybe you can do it a little bit, but this is still a deep enough draft. I think even if it's a little bit underwhelming on the front end that I don't think that that's what you're going to look at here. You can probably get a quality role player with a 13th overall pick or a guy that at least projects at that. So I'm not going to go for a guy who's necessarily going to be kind of like a great presence in the locker room. A rookie stepping in at 13th overall pick isn't going to be a dude who kind of like inspires others in a locker room that's going to have Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, potentially Drew Holiday, potentially Lonzo Ball, and J.J. Redick. So I don't think that's a quality that I'd be looking for if I were in charge of the Pelicans or that the Pelicans are really going to be looking for either. I think they are looking for specific things though. And I think it kind of goes back to what David Griffin said a little bit um, about Brandon Ingram as the two, which we talked about yesterday. If you see Ingram in the backcourt a little bit more, I'll also play on the wing too. Don't get me wrong. 
you probably are looking for a bit of a wing player, maybe more on the defensive side too with the issues that we've seen. One of the problems with Ingram at three is he struggles guarding some of those positions. And then when there's a switch onto a big, he struggles a little bit with that too, despite his very good size. So I think they're going to be looking for a guy who can kind of handle the wing defensively. And if you can hit shots too, that's even great. I've got a couple of people in mind in this. If you're a draft guy, you probably have the same ones in mind too. And we'll talk about them coming up. That I think is where the Pelicans are looking for ideally. But if no one's available there at 13, you're going to take the best player available because it's better just to get more talent on this team and figure it out. And that's a coach's job than it is to draft for a specific need and take a worse player who may or may not pan out. Give yourself the best guy and the best ceiling and the you know highest floor as well, I think, with it. That's likely what the Pelicans are going to be looking to do with this 13th uh, hypothetical 13th overall pick. So coming up next, we'll look at some of those specific players. But before we do that, today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. Yesterday, my girlfriend was working late. She works in an office. I was at home doing a lot of prep for everything going on today and all of that. And like before I knew it, it's kind of late. The sun's going down. I'm starving and I don't know what to do for dinner. And you've all probably been in this situation when like time just makes no sense uh, anymore and things get late and all of a sudden you've got to figure out what to eat. It's annoying. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, you want pizza, someone else is craving Italian. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door and ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's or the Cheesecake Factory. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities they operate in safe. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off your f- and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, don't forget a bunch of live stuff today, which is going to be a lot of fun. You're going to be watching the lottery. Come hang out with me. Let's talk some basketball. We'll answer your questions, not just me. I'll do that on my YouTube channel as we do a, I'm going to start calling them Pelicans hangout during this. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Hopefully the Pelicans get lucky and we all lose our minds together. And then right after we're going to be locked on live. I'll have the links for you all with that tomorrow. Come join me, John Corrales. We're going to have the winner of the lottery, that host as well on there. And Renee Washington of Locked on Wizards, who's absolutely awesome. Come hang out with us. Talk some basketball. We'll answer your questions. It's all going to be tonight. I can't wait. Make sure you join. All right. So some prospects to wrap up the show. Everyone wants to know this. This is a lot of fun always as we look towards the future of the team. So say the Pelicans are picking 13th. Obviously, it's going to change if they move up into the top four and we have an entirely different discussion. But we just mentioned, you know, potentially Brandon Ingram at the two. Maybe we're reading a little bit too much into that and what uh, David Griffin said. But if they're looking to add some depth on the wing, which they should be like that, that's a need. They're in a good spot to be able to do it in this draft with the way it could play out. There's a number of wing players, small forwards, all right around 13 that, depending on how it goes, you should have one of them available, I think. And that's worth being pretty happy about. 
The top one, at least in that range that I'm, I think everyone's been looking at, is Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. He's a freshman. He's 6'6", so he's got very good size. He adds a, a number of things to you. You can get to the rim. He can score that way. He, problem is he's not a great three-point shooter. I think he has all the tools to be a high upside guy, but shooting is obviously very important, and shooting 27% from three in college is going to kind of put you and make you be a little bit worried, but... Dude can play, and as a complimentary player, like I think you'd feel very, very good. He's just not a flashy guy, but can do a lot. Um, going a little bit deeper than that, I think, I don't think he'll be there at 13. The guy I'm really, really high on is Devin Vassell out of Florida State. This guy can shoot 42% from three. He can give you a lot on the defensive side of the ball, too. He's not as much of a scorer and a passer. But if you can come in and play some defense and knock down some threes, and he has the makings of a wing stopper in him, I think. 6'7", by the way, plays small forward, shooting guard too, so out there on the wing. like This could be a very good complementary piece, role player, which is what you're looking for. You don't need a high usage guy on this Pelicans team. Someone who can work well off the ball, who rebounds well, which he does, who can play defense, grab some steals. He's a guy I'm very, very high on that could be there at 13 for the Pelicans. Another small forward, if you're looking for a little bit more offense, less defense, is Aaron Naismith out of Vanderbilt. We got like an SEC theme here a little bit too, to a degree. This dude is just got, you know, J.J. Redick shooting ability potentially all over him. 52% from uh three last season on eight attempts so on very very good volume he can score he can shoot his jumper looks great good size at six six defensively though uh, not so much rebounding not really this is just more if you need a shooter he's a guy but i don't know if he's as well-rounded as Vassal is. That's who I'm looking for there. Another guy to kind of keep an eye on is Sadiq Bay out of Villanova. Small forward, 6'8". Good three-point shooter, 45%. There's a theme here because they need this. He's going to shoot well for you, but he's not the best defender. He's not horrible, I don't think, and has the tools where he could develop into that. Also, the Villanova connection with him and Josh Hart is pretty nice. He rebounds well enough but doesn't give you, you know, doesn't have the makings of like a lockdown wing guy. Those are some of the names I've been kind of starting to learn a little bit more about as we've entered the draft part of the offseason. Those are the names that I think will come up a lot for the Pelicans over this period. That's just wing players. We haven't even talked about some other ones. There are front court players, there are back court players that make a lot of sense too. We'll have time to talk about all of those. Tonight, though, just enjoy the lottery. Don't forget, tune into my pelicans hangout it'll be on my youtube page it'll be a lot of fun i'll answer your questions there live in the moment hopefully we get the number one overall pick i'll take top four we don't need to be greedy right and that's going to be a lot of fun and then going immediately into locked on live me and john corrales of locked on celtics breaking down everything that went on we'll talk about the Warriors situation there too once we know where that ends up we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show as well uh, and how that could play out when it comes to the Pelicans. So thank you all for listening. Big thank you to the sponsors DoorDash and Rock Auto. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.